This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 429, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, November the 23rd. Welcome once more to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. This is episode number 429. It's our Comic Reviews episode for releases from the week of Wednesday, November the 23rd. I am your host, Adam Chapman. Every week we take a look at some of the comics that came out the previous week and talk about some of the, uh, the ups and the downs of the previous week from the selected comics we talk about. Uh, this week we're coming out on Thursday, so a little bit later than we usually like as uh, new comics have already hit our greedy little hands on Wednesday. Uh, so we're already thinking about what came out this week. So before we totally forget about what happened last week, let's have one last look backwards. Uh, first, looking at some of the books I did not get a chance to read, there's actually a ton of stuff that came out last week, uh, including Action Comics, uh, Batgirl, Blue Beetle, Batman Beyond, Flash, Hellblazer, uh, Teen Titans, Titans, Wonder Woman, uh, All New X-Men Annual, Amazing Spider-Man Annual, Cage, uh, Doctor Strange, Sorcerer Supreme, uh, Mighty Thor, Spider-Gwen, Star Wars, Star Wars on Solo, uh, Venom, and, 90, and X-Men 92. So, I have six comics I'm going to quickly chat about today in this abbreviated episode. First up is Captain Marvel. This is issue number 10, um, which is uh, a nice little send-off for the book as it's over now, and the next chapter is going to be the Mighty Captain. Captain Marvel by Margaret Stoll and Ramon Rosanas launching December. Um, so basically now. Uh, uh, but this is it's so weird to have a book end and immediately relaunch. Like back in the day, there used to be some time, but a moratorium, but not anymore. This is uh, Lonely at the Top Part 5 by uh, Ruth Fletcher Gage and Christos Gage with artwork by Thony Silas. Um, we kind of end the story of Carol fighting against uh, Alpha Flight and then finding out about the secret identity of um, Mr. Bulow is as he's actually the master of the world, and then the master of the world going up against Carol and Alpha Flight, um, which is very interesting. And then we'll also get to see uh, I now I forget his name, but that the character from Secret Wars Two, who is never a very good villain, uh, he comes back with his sword here, which is kind of interesting as well. Um, this basically ends the current run of Captain Marvel and the current kind of status quo and sets her up for something new. Um, Overall, to be honest, I liked it. I thought it was... It's nice to see Carol being given more of a positive light and given more exposure. That being said, I say that knowing that in the actual event, she, they kind of wrote her not that well for most of it. Um, but I thought this was a nice send-off for the book. And I'm sad that it was as short-lived as it was. Um, interesting to see where they go with Carol next. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. Next up is Civil War Two. This is issue number 7. Um, did not enjoy this. I thought this just wasn't very good. Uh, the art's great. I mean, you can't fault the art, um, but you can definitely fault the story. Uh, artwork is by um, David Marquez, uh, with the old man Logan artist Andrea Sorrentino and Marcelo Maiolo uh, taking care of those segments. Um, I mean, you can't fault that the fact that the book looks great. It's a gorgeous-looking book. The story just isn't very good. It doesn't do a lot. Um the, the, the kind of quote-unquote cliffhanger that this book leads off on feels very hollow as well. I'm like, what, what is going on here? Like, it's just, it's so uninteresting. Um, I feel like it's trying to now trying to change something, but I feel like it's so late in the game. Like, there's one issue left. I feel like there's a lot to unpack, but at the same time, nothing to unpack. Like, what, what has been the point? Like, we got one little fight, too. Like, this wasn't even, like, a big choose-your-side type of thing. Like, the original, and I think part of the problem might be that it's called Civil War Two. And if you didn't want there to be uh, comparisons to Civil War One, you don't call it Civil War Two. I think it's just, it's ridiculous to try and make an event 
uh, as a sequel, quote-unquote, because of the naming and the way it's pitched. And then it's not really a sequel at all. It's just this this half-baked book that just doesn't do a very good job of telling its story. Uh, characters just kind of thrown around. Um, we're getting, you know, and plus the the whole entire impact of this entire event has been mitigated or uh, re- reduced and just because and decreased just because. Like, there's so many delays. There wasn't even a lot of momentum in the story to begin with. It just felt like it just kind of happened. Things are just happening. And we've already kind of moved on with it with books like Champions, etc. already launching. So it's just Marvel Publishing needs to get their head together because this isn't how you roll things out. Like, you don't have a big launch after an event and then have the event, you know, run late and then just start launching stuff anyway. Uh, that's, that's a shitty way to go. Um, I'm going to give this a 4 out of 10, and I think that's all on art, because I just think the story is so boring. It's uninteresting. Uh, I don't know what the point of this is, the point of what we're trying to see with Ulysses. What is this? I don't even know what it is. And knowing Bendis, this is something he does go back to the well on sometimes. You have a story like House of M, which I personally did like when it first came out. Um, The very end is a stark change to everything else that happened in the book. Like, you have it starts out as one thing, then it becomes this alternate reality what-if story, as it takes a while for everyone to gather together and then fight the big bad guy. And then at the end, it's all about, oh, now there's no more mutants. Like, it was all getting to this point. So it felt like, was there a real reason for this story, or did it just need to make this happen? And that's kind of how I feel about this. So I'm going to give it a four. Uh, next up is Death of X number four. No, I didn't really enjoy this, but I don't think it was nearly as bad. Uh, it's written by Charles Sewell and Jeff Lemire. I work by Aaron Cooter and Javier Garon. Inkers are Jay Leaston and Javier Garon. Colorists are Maury Hollowell and J. David Ramos. Um, I, I like the art, although the change between two different styles I found very stark at times. Like, it was a very dramatic shift. Uh, there's some shots here where, like, like, is Cyclops smiling on one page and Emma has this weird smile? Like, some of the art just did not work. And other times it really worked. And some of the faces, like, there was some of the line work in Cyclops' face. Like, extra crazy, like, old man lines on his face. Like, it was just so inconsistent. Um, again, I'm looking at some of the facial work and it's awful. Um, and yet some of it really works. Like, it was so inconsistent. And it's nice to see Havoc here and I forgot that half of his face was, like, all scarred and crazy. Um, the big kind of ending, the big reveal, eh, I'm not a big fan of that either because it really, it, I, I will give them, I will give credit to the fact that it was a surprise, but I just felt like we already knew we were getting the death of Cyclops. We already knew that, you know, his reputation had kind of been tarnished in the Marvel universe. And then to just kind of have him shit on like this, that he wasn't even everything that he's kind of being remembered for now, he didn't even do uh, I just feel like Bendis left the character in a certain area in Uncanny X-Men, and then when we came back, he was gone, and the idea that he'd done something so terrible, which now doesn't even seem so terrible, like, what was the big problem? Like, nothing's so awful. And uh, and then it was just dead, and I just feel like, what's the point? What was the point of all this? Um, and then also, it just felt weird to have Emma's been around, but not around for, like, a long time now, and obviously we're going to get the, uh, what is it, uh, Inhumans versus X-Men uh, Zero One Shot, which I think just came out this past week on the, on the 30th of November, and I believe that shows where she's been, but it feels very lazy to be like, oh, now we're going to show you Dancing Within the Raindrops where she's been? Like, I kind of call bullshit on that. Um... I'm going to give this marginally better. Actually, well, I'm going to give it the same thing as I gave to Civil War II. Uh, the art's not as good, but the story's not quite as bad. That's a ringing endorsement if I've ever heard one. Uh, next up is Deathstroke number 7, the lone DC book I had a chance to read this past week. Um, I'm actually really enjoying this book. I think it's got a lot going for it. 
Um, it's written by Christopher Priest. Artwork by, uh, let's see. Who says the artwork here? Sorry, it's Christopher Priest is the story. Uh, Larry Hammond does the breakdowns, and Carlo Pagulian does the pencils, the Jason Paz and inks, and Jeremy Cox and colors. Besides the fact that Superman looked too young at times and didn't quite look like the uh, the Superman we're, we're used to seeing, I thought that there's so many things going on here. Um, I feel like Christopher Priest is really playing the long game here. Uh, I thought it was really entertaining and interesting. Um, and it just it it really has a great sense of of identity in terms of what it wants to be. It's a really fast paced book, um, a lot of intrigue, a lot of uh, different levels. I'm going to give this a seven. Next up is Prowler. This is issue number two. Uh, this is written by Sean Ryan. Our work, sorry, layout artist is Javier Saltares. Uh, Jamal Campbell is the artist with um, letters by uh, Virtual Calligraphy's Corey Petit. Um, I like the overall sensibility, although I thought at times the colors were a little too light. Uh, I like that we're seeing the uh, newer version of Madame Web and, and the idea that she knows something's wrong with the, the the web of life. I thought it was interesting to kind of sit and go back to this. Uh, the idea that Hobie's really kind of dealing with you know the degradation and they may have to fight electro, uh, electrics or whatever she's called now. Um, I thought this was interesting. It definitely uh, moves uh, Hobie Brown forward nicely, and um, I'm not I wasn't the biggest fan of the of the color palette, but overall I thought it was an enjoyable issue. So I'm going to give it a seven out of ten. And last but definitely not least is Ultimates two number one. And I think the only fault I can find in this book is that. It was just putting the band back together after they just took them apart in the last issue, which made it feel more perfunctory. Um, it's written by Al Ewing. I work by Travel Foreman. Colors by Dan Brown. I think it looks great. I think it was probably the strongest thing I read this week. Al Ewing is, seems to be having like a really fun time with this, this cosmic sensibility. Um, the way he writes the characters from Adam Brashear to Monica Rambeau um, uh, to, uh, to the Anti-Man... Uh, the idea that we're going to, you know, Miss America's back uh, to kind of lead this new version of the Ultimates. The fact that Galactus is the life bringer and he's kind of helping to bring people together under new auspices. Um, I thought it was really well done, really interesting. I think, at the, if, again, if there's any flaw, I think that maybe it could have been a little shorter and we could have had a little bit more progression. But uh, I think we needed some establishment so we understood why this team is getting back together. But it could have been a little bit shorter. I think it could have maybe benefited from a little bit of brevity. Uh, but I'll give it an 8 out of 10 because I think it was a solid read and definitely one of the best books I've read this week. Aiden Deathstroke were probably my two favorite books. Um, uh, and Prowler was good too. Uh, again, Prowler and Deathstroke are sevens. Ultimates two is an eight. Captain Marvel is a seven. Although now I'm almost thinking it should be a little teensy bit lower, but I'll leave it the way it is. Uh, if we take a look at some of the releases coming out next week, and by next week I mean yesterday, November the thirtieth. Uh, some of the highlights include a new uh, Aquaman hardcover, which is Out of Darkness. Uh, we've got the Batman Annual. We have a Batman Detective Comics hardcover, uh, which is Gordon at War, as well as the trade paperback for Blood of Heroes. Um, from Cyborg, we have the second trade paperback of the most recent ongoing before uh, John Semper's version started. Uh, we've got uh, Injustice Gods Among Us Year 5 Annual, a new issue of Justice League of America. 
Uh, there's the uh, Robin trade paperback solo, uh, which is a resolicit of the of the uh, Robin series by Chuck Dixon. The new issue of Suicide Squad, Superman Annual. There's the Superman the Golden Age trade paperback volume two. Uh, over at IDW, there's a new issue of Ghostbusters International, which is issue number 11. There's a Mickey and Donald hardcover, Search for the Zodiac Stone, as well as the Mickey Greatest, uh, sorry, Craziest Adventures hardcover. Uh, and then also there's the uh, TMNT Shadows of the Past board game. Uh, Image Comics, there's new issues of Saga. I can't believe it's on 40. I think I like fell off around like 18, not because I meant to. I just kind of lost track of it, and I have so much to eventually read to get caught up on. Uh, new issues of Black Widow, Deadpool Back in Black, uh, Extraordinary X-Men, Ghost Rider, which is its um, its now launch. Uh, second issue of Great Lakes Avengers. There's the launch of IVX Zero, uh, which is a four ninety nine book. The first trade paperback of Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and the Heroes for Hire. That's the newest launch of the title. Uh, there's the first trade paperback of the recent relaunch of Moonlight called Lunasic. Uh, new issue of Miss Marvel, New Avengers, Old Man Logan. There's the sensational She-Hulk by John Byrne trade paperback called The Return. Um, there's Star Wars Annual Number 2, uh, Thunderbolts, Total Awesome Hulk, Uncanny Inhumans. Uh, there's the second trade paperback of both Venom Space Knight as well as The Vision, which is called Little Better Than Beast, which is fantastic. You must read this. Uh, there's the X-23 Complete Collection Volume 2. Uh, there's the Young Avengers by Heinberg and Chung Complete Collection, which I think is a little of a bit of a misnomer because it doesn't include Children's Crusade, so it's really just the first series. Um, and then you also have X-Men Alpha Flight trade paperback, which is a reprinting of that material that has previously been available at different times. Uh, so that is uh, the highlights of coming out uh, on the November the 30th. Our next episode, episode 430, will be coming out tomorrow with our conversation with John Ostrander. Episode 432 will be coming out uh, the following week on the 9th of December, and that will be our conversation with um, uh, editor Joe Illich. And then the week after that, we'll have a spotlight on the Star Wars Rogue One movie. And a week after that, uh, we should have a conversation with Fred Van Lente which I guess puts us up to November the 23rd, so right before Christmas. Uh, and uh, so that's some great new episodes coming up, and hopefully we'll have some exciting stuff coming down the pike in January as well. You can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com, like the show on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. Thanks again for listening today, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.